1: So the blue bottle opened up down the street for me from my work where I was working until uh, recently because oh. it all shut down again. And the, the whole facade, I think it just had taken them a minute. And, you know, I just haven't been frequenting places like a usual human in move, moving through life. Sure, sure, sure. Um, on a normal level. So it's a, it's a whole plexiglass like front. You can't even go in. You know, you have your barista there taking the order and then another one making drinks. And it's like, These are like my people Like they know me And I know Mm -hmm. them And I hadn't seen them In so long And we were all like Hi You know one of those things It's so nice to see you But my favorite thing um, Was when they're running your card Because they're cashless They say Would you like to add gratuity And of course I was like Are you fucking kidding me I've been like Waiting for you to ask me this like for so Long and of course I was like "Like, Give yourself ten dollars You know what I mean and probably like a four dollar and they were Like yeah 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 but I was like
0: I'm so happy That they're just like saying that out loud To people yep No it's, it's It's the best thing that's the you know everyone Has the the screen where they flip It around you know but now they don't want How you to touch in the olden days in the old days you put your dirty hands all over it and now they keep that dirty filthy you know screen to their own filth and i love it cuz now that i got into a groove with a few of my local places coffee shop in my neighborhood and all that stuff and before they even ask just cuz i got into the groove i'm like yeah uh, add add 2 or 3 bucks on there for the coffee just just do and it was like well which is it <laughs> Well, it just depends. Some days I'm, agree. some days like I'm in a three dollar mood, and then when I started coming more regularly, I was like, you can just add two yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah. I just
1: hadn't seen them in so long, so I, I, I know like, I
0: don't know the next day I'll we'll see you guys again. So like, let's really make
1: this count. <laughs>
0: Hey guys, well, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your other host, Brooke Van Poplin. Fresh out of teletherapy.
1: That's nice.
0: Yeah, you guys really... Just treat yourself, you know, at some point down the road, if you've got money for that teletherapy, in some cases it's uh, cheaper than traditional therapy. And there's a study that came out saying how the pandemic has forced a bunch of people into doing, you know, chat rooms with their therapist and they don't want to go back. They don't want to go back to the old ways. They like the feeling of being able to just like FaceTime and kind of get right to the point and... You know, I'm 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 with you because like you can totally do therapy in your pajamas with a pint of ice cream on your stomach, <laughs> and just like completely just be like, I need all these things because when you go to your session in person, sometimes I you felt like put paid. a you put a facade on, right? You put a facade on, and it's like uh-huh. you just need to see me in my horrible brain space for it's real.
1: Kind of great, I think, to be like, oh oh, now I'm di- I'm diving deeper. You've exposed yourself in other ways,
0: like that's actually. I, I mean, now is the I, time for transparency, man. It really is. I feel that much more comfortable already on my couch with my dogs on my lap to just lose my shit, you know, because I'm in my safe space and we get more work done. She's also my therapist. Is also like you own so many sweatshirts, <laughs> but you know,
1: <laughs> that's a weird thing to say. Well, sweatshirts I know, are, but, but sweatshirts are fashionable and, they and are like fashionable. in. I used, so, to. I used I mean, to look I'm not a little bit against it. I just think it's funny. Like, why would a therapist ever judge your fashion choices unless she's not course- judging? She's just like, you own okay. so many
0: sweatshirts.
1: Oh, like in a positive way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sure. My brain's just trained to think that sweatshirts, like someone's saying that, especially a therapist, I would just assume like that person's judging me. That's where I'm coming from.
0: No, she's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, fun hot tip I've got homework this week to help me be mindful and be present if anyone's having some anxiety, trying to stay grounded because things popped off this week. You know, I called you blubbering a week ago, totally lost my shit. Like... Mm -hmm. I think everyone's anxiety and uncertainty and depression is just... It's just hitting... It's a boiling point for a lot of people right now in quarantine and pandemic. And, hey, you're not alone, everybody. It's... I had two major breakdowns and I'm leaving and going to Michigan to be with my family. That's how bad it is. Going away for a few weeks. Still be podcasting. It's okay. You got this.
1: Yeah. You you know, and if you really want to get really angry, just, just look at Ivanka Trump saying that we should all find another fucking job out there, especially insulting to the service industry in my opinion <laughs> Got it. like especially being that the service industry we always talk about always being the job you can like fall back on yeah rely on and for that to be someone to say like with this <sighs> job that you always relied on no matter what has ever happened to you in your life that has been fucking devastating just go find something else other than that i just want to punch
0: somebody in the face (laughs) the absolute definition of privilege is someone who failed up into a position in her dad's presidency like what like what the fuck do you know about getting a job you idiot also other people's careers are their life work their passion Right. What are you talking? Like that's right. what's, that's what a vapid, empty vessel of a human says who doesn't have passions who makes right. who makes dangerous, shitty purses in China? You know where people oh, right, are harmed. Right. Yeah, and like there's a whole panel of people who are like.
1: Pulling together to be like what can we do In the meantime but she is not the person To send the
0: message out Right like of course now Is a time where you are having To think outside the box for different Ways to make money but that's Just called surviving and gigging You know Anyways if any of you are Feeling um, Super anxious down whatever The the mindfulness practice (laughs) That my therapist is having me do I'm already practicing it It's a great way to make you feel present and stay grounded. She says, as much as you can during the day, try and move through life using your non-dominant hand. Because she says it forces you to be very active and engaged in what you're doing when you're using, for me, my left hand. So I've been masturbating. I've been masturbating with my (laughs) left hand. I get it. I usually go through my day like a Foo Fighters video
1: with one giant dominant hand. You know, that's <laughs> it's usually how I roll. Um, another tip that I is out there is like water and movement, whether it whatever it may be in movement uh, produces negative ions and calms you down. So just turn on your faucet and stare into it for a few minutes. <laughs> You're like or a full half hour like I did
0: earlier today.
1: <laughs> but I'm calm now. I turned on the faucet, and the next thing I knew, it was a half an hour later. I don't remember the time passing by.
0: Oh, my God. Well, should we get into some fucking headlines, bro? Yes. I've been waiting. I've been waiting to talk about squirrel. All right. So, fresh hot headline, been the talk of the pandemic town here in Los Angeles. There is... This local eatery that is beloved, even though I've had issues with it. The int- I've never liked it. It's this place called Squirrel.
1: Right. It's like breakfast, lunch haven, hipster, fucking silver-like, goodness, realness. Ugh.
0: Um I first of all, okay, your that's your description. My description is overpriced garbage food that you eat on a garbage sidewalk and none of your garbagey pots of weird food come out at the same time and it's like $80 for like your portion of brunch and it's not even the kind where you get waited on. You wait in line, walk up to the register and take a number and sit on an overturned milk cart on dirty ass Virgil. The Virgil Which, Street. That's a horrible true. street. <laughs> it's a bad Street you do not that, like
1: Right I mean basically that's what you're I mean one of your favorite bars is across the street so you're Saying you just don't want to eat out on the street It's more Oh you saying.
0: sure don't you want to be Safely tucked indoors somewhere
1: mm-hmm.
0: So anyways This uh this woman Jessica Koslow is like And I don't we got to do it like People are doing a deep dive Joe Rosenthal oh. who Is sort of like trying to debunk and shine a light on bad food practices Has like gone in on Jessica Coslow And has been investigating um, basically former and you know furloughed employees of the place Because they have this famous jam that they sell And she has a jam cookbook about to hit shelves this week Oh my god I
1: didn't know that Oh Yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the timing of this is unbelievable. But everyone's been ratting her out that she has had and kept on purpose in a legal cooking prep and workspace that was purposely hid from the Food and Drug Administration. And when the health Aww. inspectors came through, they would seal it off with a garbage bag on the inside so no light could crack through the door. And she would lock employees in the unventilated space to hide the secret prep room you didn't get to this part of the story? No, no,
1: no I did. I just... There's just the visuals in my head of, like, it being, like, uh, taped off specifically from health inspectors. That's more what I didn't read that. But, yeah, I did. I know she I locked mean, people in there.
0: she fucking, like, the, the, she forced her staff to hide... From health inspectors because had they opened the door to this room, they would have seen the nightmare factory that is her jam making unventilated station. It is all these huge slop buckets that she like inappropriate. It's supposed to be low, cool pans that the jam can settle and cool in. Instead, it was like those economy size plastic buckets. Right. That. Each one all day, every day, every time in an unventilated um, or like or no, no, no the only fan in there was filled with mold and spores that was just right. spreading around mold and spores. So, so everything putting mold and spores on top of sugar, every bucket and container with her goddamn preserves in it had like a good six inches of mold that the employees were instructed to scoop off and throw into a different slot bucket. <laughs> Every day before serving
1: I just love that we're talking about this Out loud finally like instead of just reading it It's nice to say it out loud and just like The metaphor behind that that you have This empire that is like It's it seriously just like It like Soylent Green is
0: people You guys like that's what it's Making me think of <laughs> It's so horrifying they sent Pictures because a few of them are like oh yeah yeah I've got, I've got photos because we all You know we all were like this can't be right and she's like no 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 I, I assure you I, I spoke with a with a food expert and as long as you you know get two inches deep into the jam after you were done with the mold it's servable she's like I eat it myself like and clearly she's fucking crazy um, as long as I can stick my fingers
1: uh deep deep into the jam and if the very very tips are jam and the rest is mold <laughs> it's fine it's fine to serve to people
0: paying a premium Look, so you her- stink finger
1: that jam you stink finger it and then if the little tippies had the little the little strawberries on it, you know, you just you, I'm gonna come money because I'm gonna sell that jam.
0: What is it gonna be? Two in the jam, one in the <laughs> what? two in the one in the illegal kitchen. Yeah, I guess. Sorry. right, two in the stink, <laughs> one in the pink. Anyways, two in the pink, one in the stink. Sorry, two in the jam, one in the ham. I'm yep, gonna say that whatever. But we all know the famous dish that I was forced to eat and share, and I wasn't that crazy about. But the ricotta toast. With her mm. mold jam all over it. Everyone in LA has eaten it. <laughs> I've eaten it. I mean, I shared it with my mother. <laughs> oh, For God. Sake. <laughs> oh, God. We've all eaten her mold jam. And so the big thing is that she packaged and bottled, and people came from all around, and it was sold in other stores. Oh, the, yeah. The minute you open this preserves, Or even before you opened it, people were like, my jam molded immediately because all these reviews are coming in from super dissatisfied customers. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever had a jar of jelly or preserves mold on you? Uh, only like like after it's been in the fridge for like a year. Yeah, exactly. This is like after being opened for 24 hours, they'd go back in and be like, oh, God, the whole thing spores. Uh, I'm sorry, but my jam is moving across
1: the counter by itself. No. Is that supposed to happen? Two
0: stars. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> it's moving by itself, and it's getting bigger as it collects and eats different things on the oh countertop. God. Oh my um, God. So she's on blast all over L.A. Everyone is coming down on Squirrel and Jessica... Coslow and she like hit back. Like, I consulted a health expert who knew about mold. Right. This guy, this guy hit back. He's like, I don't know who that is. I didn't talk to that crazy bitch. So she's oh like making up lies. And he's like, it's actually extra dangerous to eat and consume mold in a gelatinous right. form.
1: Right. Right.
0: <laughs> it's like concentrated. Oh, well, we should, uh, we'll keep updating people as a story. Guys, because we'll go on. We'll find out more. There's rat chat coming up, too. More employees were like, oh, yeah, the place was crawling with rats. Oh,
1: yeah. But I think we can, like, it's safe to say
0: this lady's an open jar. You know what I mean? Hey, Hey. she's an open jar. We will return to to keep jamming on this topic, okay?
1: Next headline. This makes me... Happy and cringe at the same time Uh, Word is out That there is a new trend And it's tick fucking talking Out there you can watch (laughs) these videos on TikTok Teens are dressing up As grandmas And elderly people and wearing masks So they can buy alcohol (laughs) (laughs) And like It's the Gen Zers You know they've updated a fake ID It's, It's their version of a fake ID And it's not even like they're dressing like how you would dress as an old lady in in in, in, a, in a production of Fiddler on the Roof in high school. Like they're wearing babushkas. They're like I've seen. I saw a video where a girl basically puts on an old lady mask, a wig. A little like scarf on her hat And then a mask over it And then she comes out with like three bottles of off
0: Three three handles Just like let's fucking go for and it And
1: all these kids are just like Oh my god it worked Can you believe it? it Like montage
0: TikToks of them like getting prepped to do it It's so fucking funny I, I mean the The pain's our generation, Gen X, top of millennial would do where it's like we knew a guy who had a giant like photoshopped setup of like a cutout Michigan ID that was like this whole prop hanging in a studio with the same color that the secretary of state had their picture drop and you would stand behind the cardboard cutout and you would take this giant picture and then like shrink it down and you're like look I'm 27 Um, this is (laughs) so much funnier this is so much more my speed it's like pulling oh, yeah. a heist it,
1: and it's, it really, it's it's pretty heisty and I think these kids are so bored right and it's oh. trending like it's gotta be I mean fuck man I mean to the point where like the kids are seriously using their shitty stage makeup that we had when we were teenagers to draw
0: like lines <laughs> on their forehead they're using like baby powder to age themselves <laughs> to age yeah, their, hair. their hair It's so funny. And so then they're like getting out of the store, running back to home base, and then like ripping off Scooby-Doo style their grandma mask. And like, it was, you know, it was me, the meddling kid. Just don't put tampons into that vodka and put up your butts,
1: guys. That's all I'm asking. Keep it safe and keep it clean. And, you know, we have people who work at places that are liquor stores, convenience stores. We have those listeners. We've talked about
0: them. Be on the lookout lookout. for little old ladies trying to buy weird booze Dude yes sorry if like a Russian babushka who's like purposely not speaking English Walks out with like a 40 pack of white claw it's a kid
1: I mean some of these kids they're hunched over and limping There's (laughs) one girl I saw who has a walker with tennis balls on it Like they're fucking going
0: for it it's so great, and then they and then they get the booze, and then they like they start twerking in in defiance. <laughs> it's so good, I yeah. love it. This is like too. total moment of joy today. I, know. I have to say. I know. <gasps> yeah! Okay, Andrea, moving on. Um, we love it. We've asked asked for them. You guys are doing it. It's time for some server submitted stories Stories.
1: (laughs) all right guys first story hi guys hope you enjoy my story about being creeped out by crusty bar flies I know you guys have discussed how awful it is as a bartender when things are slow and you have a crusty man sitting at the bar and you're running out of reasons why you can't sit and listen to him talk.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: I live in L.A., but I started my bartending career at an Irish restaurant slash steakhouse. Question mark. <laughs> in a small New Jersey town where I grew up. On Sundays, I would always work a double and literally open and close the bar. One morning while waiting for the brunch rush to show, a man like literally in his 70s sat down for a martini to
2: get away from his wife.
1: (laughs) After a few more, he started to talk to me about the one thing that men seem to always think is the way to start a conversation with me. My tattoos. At this point, I'm probably 21 years old and my arms and most of my visible skin does contain tattoos so I'm preparing myself for the usual lecture about how they're permanent <laughs> and how I'm not going to look pretty in my wedding dress. Fuck, really? Ew. Fuck people, man. Truly. Fuck people. You can probably imagine my surprise when this man proceeds to look me up and down and tell me... It's really good because obviously I like pain and how he's into that kind of thing. Mm -mm. He was literally the only one at the bar and I probably listened to him saying disgusting things about me for over an hour. I do want to know that after being more seasoned in the industry as well as becoming less tolerant of being disrespected these days, I would definitely tell that man to fuck off yes we get it we get it sorry for the super long story don't ever apologize love the podcast you guys keep it up love carly Oh my uh, god, carly, carly. I, mean, I think she does love pain because she put up with this guy's bullshit for as long as she did i
0: think we yeah it. <laughs> i mean hey listen i know it's the future but that would like that's a sick burn next time someone says that to you be like you know what's painful talking to your dumb ass Dip shit. Burn. We've
1: all. I've one thousand percent been in this situation, uh, I, and I think everybody can say you just have to put it with someone's shit and just be like, okay, uh huh, uh-huh, I'm doing my job, like half listening.
0: I don't like people anymore. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's rough, you know, because it's like when you're when you've literally run out of side work to pretend that you're busy doing so that you can avoid this chump i mean what do you do at that <laughs> point just pretend that you're looking for something on the floor for 40 minutes totally that's when you hope that like the <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's so few That's
1: options. That's a good one. That's a great one. Just to be like, I swear I dropped something. Give me one more sec. I'm just I'll, I know it's down here. It's, one minute. It's my contact. You're wearing glasses. Um, just I find repose. things to clean. Just like find clean those rails. Like do whatever you can. Maybe there's some slower servers that can like hang down at the end of the bar by the server station and you guys can just talk to each other instead of that guy. I don't know. Fucking Ben. Anyway, Carly, thank you for sending that our way. We're glad you're older, wiser,
0: and not down with taking anyone's shit anymore. Leave me alone. All right, I have another server submitted story. This one's coming in from Canada. Oh, Canada. Okay, he says, Hi, Brooke and Andrea. I've started listening to your podcast with your acquisition to the Last Podcast Network, and I'm having a lot of flashbacks from my time working for an AW in central Ontario, Canada. Wow. I love an AW. <laughs> With all the stories I experienced uh, over my time there. Woo, all right. So he says, I worked at this a on the border of cottage country for about eight years, mostly as a cook, but would jump up to cash if it was needed. Side note to this story, I was never made a supervisor, even though I was cross-trained placed shipment orders, trained new people, etc. But that's not the point here. I thought it was total bullshit, lol. He's just Fenton. He just Fenton. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Being with the restaurant for so long, fellow workers would turn to me to help out with more unusual customer situations. So here we go. Foreshadowing. The story I have for you is one of my go-tos that I tell people due to its shock factor of the kinds of things we could see. I remember that it was early on in the work week a Monday or Tuesday And I was called up to the front To help a woman out This isn't too uncommon As there are a lot of tourists From all walks of life During the summer And they sometimes need directions Cultural spots, etc But this was a new one The woman had a couple of bags of luggage And spoke with a very heavy Eastern European Russian accent And she was wondering if I knew this man Let's call him Greg Just for the purpose of the story This is not a teenager, right? This is a real... (laughs) There's not a teen right there's not a teenager in a in a Russian <laughs> Eastern European costume with a walker okay she seems to be young so i grew up in this town too but since it had a population of about 30,000 the name wasn't familiar to me however when i told her i did not know him she got visibly concerned and anxious she went on to tell me that she had just arrived in town and he hadn't picked her up at the airport to start their life together. Oh, my a ta- God. Yeah. A tad confused, I asked if she could describe him. Basically, she, had, she said she didn't know what Greg looked like or where he lives, but he had, quote, unquote, purchased her love, so she moved here to a small town in Ontario to marry him and live here with him. Oh, boy. Oh boy. It's a wild day at the A&W. <laughs> After she explains this story a bit more to me I immediately feel bad for her Because the TV show Catfish had been around But not 90 Day Fiance It was clear to me that this weirdo In my hometown ordered a mail order bride From somewhere and she was just Plopped down here from a trucker Or from hitchhiking and Or she- Amazon <laughs> Right? Amazon <laughs> drone And he didn't get her from the airport So she obviously realized the gravity Of her situation and became very upset She asked if she could stay here And I said sure Because no supervisor was there Or the owner Which was very common Even though it was policy To always have one here At least all the time I figured she could definitely Sit down for a bit And figure some shit out You know But it ended up She meant it literally Can I stay here For the rest of the week She sat in the lobby From open to close 7am to 11pm And sit in our lobby I mean I guess as a home base Is what he's saying where she went out at night, I have no idea, because I usually worked mornings or days. During this time, she would ask employees to keep her baggage behind the counter for safekeeping, sleep overnight in the restaurant, ask demand for free food and drinks, and eventually, apparently, oh boy, tried to solicit customers to go home with them to live with them and start a new life. Oh, no. Oh honey At this point It was about Saturday And the owner Finally showed up And was updated On the (laughs) stitch. So hi I know you've been gone For a
1: minute Let me just catch
0: you up (laughs) Hey real quick Let's get you up to speed Okay (laughs) Hey Rick Can we talk to you For a second (laughs) He then kicked the woman Out of the restaurant And told her not to come back She pleaded for a bit But she then relented Left And that was the last I saw or heard about her I don't know if he'll air this story or not, but I'm sure, like you both and your listeners know, that we see anyone at any time and sometimes we we can, in this, I think what he's saying is in this industry, we can see anyone at any time and sometimes they bring their life situations with them. I'm not in the service industry anymore. I'm now a scientist. Though I am laid off with the pandemic, but I met my wife at this store and we are expecting our first little baby come this October. Awesome. Love the pod, Dan. Oh my God.
1: Whoa. That's, a, that's epic. That is that, a, that is a, it's almost as if like that A&W was a sort of Ellis
0: Island for that
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that is like her first, her first impression of America is curly fries and root beer. She's like, I'm loving it and staying. Oh, my God. Root beer floats for days. That's fucking nuts. That, that shit happens life, all the time. It's so real. Is it, Oh, my God. It's an amazing I story. I it mean, just makes me go real deep and think real deep and hard about, about well, things. Well, there are a lot seedier things to unpack uh beneath that story, which we're not gonna do because we're gonna stay on the lighthearted nature of it and, Always. Hope, and hope that she's thriving in America I'm right sure now. I certainly hope that she got that new life and that she is fucking killing it. Yes, up yes, there yes. in Canada. Yeah. Um well you guys, we've you know, we love these stories. Like they're just never the same. They're so wildly different because we love hearing from all of you all over the world all over America all different kinds of service industry jobs the stories rule we want to hear from you anything and everything so send us an email sideworkpod at gmail.com and we'll read it on air yeah you guys let's vent and we all
1: know it's going to be a lot more venting than squirrels hidden fridge oh sick
0: burn thank you
1: Well, here we are. Uh another day, another interview. Uh but this week we're we're going to we're going to have a ton of fun with our our good friend who go He and I, I mean the three of us, we go as far back Borg as you and I go. We do. You know? No, I know cuz
0: yeah, um, but there's a lot of crossover. Yeah Over the years <laughs> There's a
2: lot of cross-pollination uh, in the early 2000s improv comedy scene With out-of-work comedians
1: <laughs> Like yeah. Matt You guys, that's Dunbar Dix That's that's, Dun- that's Dunbar Dix, you're hearing Dunbar, Dunbar Dix is our guest
2: Sorry, I didn't mean to screw up the format But, you know, I'm like oh, a grenade we, You just throw it fun. into a room and close your eyes and hope everybody He's dies like, was that
1: my cue to start talking? Um, Dunbar, welcome to SideWork Podcast Hey, thanks for having me I'm a huge fan,
2: uh, long time listener, first time caller And uh,
1: I'm excited to be on We know each other, Dunbar, all of us through the improv community and comedy yeah. community in Chicago mm-hmm. um, So you, and first of all, like everyone on the show who, who we interview, have service industry experience, mm-hmm. correct? Yes Would you like to give us a sampling of that time in your life? <laughs>
2: well I have a very uh condensed w- would you say service industry experience through failure um uh-huh. i did work uh, a few times in um uh like in college and in high school there were always these odd jobs that were like you know uh work at the sandwich shop and make for you know a weekend when there's heavy overflow and like Make money, so I would take orders and and help kind of expedite the line and stuff like that. And then um, one of my first jobs out of college as a as a uh, song and dance man uh, in my youth, <laughs> I was just trying my very damnedest to like get on stage. And I auditioned for a uh, dinner theater Christmas show, so it was seasonal. It was like Thanksgiving to like a week after New Year's. And it was like a crisp- i was trying to
1: think that time that time it's like Nathan Lane had cornered the market when it yeah. came to like- there
2: were not there was no uh there were no uh opportunities for uh tamp dancing dudes with uh big asses. And uh <laughs> <laughs> and I got a job. I had never really like honestly waited tables. Like I had never like taken somebody's order or getting it to the kitchen and then picked up a giant tray of food and like carried it over and served people. I'd always done it like incremental like in stages <laughs> like i would do like i would take the order and expedite or i would like maybe like bring out a drink or two and i like bar backed a couple of times uh in college and uh this time i was like doing the whole shebang and i was terrified and i was primarily terrified because this the dinner theater you were performing and also s- serving uh, yeah,
1: I did that once.
2: Oh my god, dude. What a nightmare. It's and weird.
0: That is yeah. beyond wild. It's a to lot. Me.
1: And you gotta fucking mm-hmm. come out at intermission and hand out the checks. Yeah. And you do. Like, you have to break the wall. You have to break the fourth wall and also be a server. Yeah. Not just the entertainment.
2: And they're like, uh, we really loved your rendition of Baby It's Cold Outside. Here's a two-dollar tip. And uh the uh <laughs> also true. And uh uh, I remember a few things But the thing that made me Really nervous Is like And I don't know If you guys have worked At restaurants like this But the restaurant Had like Seven What must have been In my mind Like seven foot wide Diameter trays To They're carry the food at <laughs> They were fucking like It was I felt like Atlas Lifting the world Lifting those trays Yeah
1: you, and you had Did you have to uh. like Walk down any s- Stairs Were there stairs involved With these trays Everywhere And it was like
2: Mm-hmm. A little platform going up and like a railing and everybody was jam-packed. It was a fucking nightmare. And I just remember being like, oh my God, like these trays, like I'm going to, I'm, this is a, this is a real disaster. And um, I just remember being like totally overwhelmed and also trying to get ready for my show and and there was like this old couple that would come every Saturday and Sunday matinee and they would, you know, we were doing like eight shows a week.
1: Every one through the whole run?
2: They went to a bunch of them and the old guy was like an old alcoholic that hadn't changed a sweater in a decade. Oh no. And um, (laughs) would always order like vodka and amaretto and he would call it Santa's little helper. He like was like... Vodka It was like vodka Amaretto Heavy cream And he would always Give me the ingredients To the order Um, And I was like This is the drink Of an alcoholic And
0: (laughs) Well because It's basically When you get to the point Where you're like I need to be able to keep slurping it down all day, round the clock, and it needs to sort of taste like a boozy milkshake.
2: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah,
1: and anybody who owns a matinee sweater is going to have a drink like that.
2: Yeah, right. I remember. Uh, uh, this is probably this is the last time I ever served someone in that capacity as like a true waiter serving people. Um, It was a huge rush. It was like a Sunday afternoon, which was our busiest days. I was bringing out uh, a full tray, like a table of seven, giant tray, (laughs) huge thing, like over my head. And I remember, um, now my memory may not serve me. My memory may be advantaging me to a certain extent. I could totally be making this up in my (laughs) mind. But I do think someone backed their chair into me. Either way, <laughs> I spilled an entire seven foot tray of food on another four top. Like, just crashed. <laughs> Bam. Tsh! Like, it slid like skiers <laughs> sliding down a mountain
0: straight Dude, once into a, their hole. You
2: had to, like, they had and then their you own had to food. fucking go on stage. Yeah. I was like, here's some extra. They had their own food already on the table, which made everything worse. So it was like I ruined like two full orders, full orders, like ten minutes before the show was supposed to start. Oh
1: my god! And it was just and, like, and then and then you go on stage and you perform, and everybody's like, "Fuck this guy!" Yeah,
2: at least I two, hate
0: this character.
2: This Christmas <laughs> review is ruined. <laughs>
1: We're talking about cruise ships today, guys. Oh,
2: I thought this was going to be ta- an intervention. Uh,
1: I know, right? Uh, no, we're talking about cruise ships. We're 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 going to dive into a little bit of summer fun, a little thematic entertainment if you will. Uh-huh. Um, and we brought you here today because you worked on cruise ships for how long?
2: Oh my gosh, I did uh well, I worked for the Second City and they mm-hmm. had a cruise ship contract for some time uh which which maybe your listeners are aware of maybe they aren't second city is like the one of the premier comedy theaters for the last 60 some odd years um but they had a cruise ship contract so you was they would hire casts to go on and perform like best stuff shows and things that were tailored to the cruise ship sketch comedy and improv Mm -hmm. and we would do like I did three contracts where we just did like six shows a week and it was very easy and like, not very easy, but you know, it was, it was, we worked very little, uh, for the amount of time that we were there. And then I did an, I did the, uh, another cruise ship, uh, which, uh, was much bigger and we had our own stage and we did like crazy in number, like we did like 18 shows a week. It
1: was nuts. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. So how long were you out at any given time? Like what's the longest run contract you were out on?
2: Um, I would stagger it. So I did um, two four and a half months contracts pretty much back to back. Like I had like a two week break in between. Oh my God. But you would only do the contract for four and a half months. That was the longest you could do it. But some people would re-up and do like nine months on the ship if they really love that ship life. I well, needed the brakes.
0: Well, I, I, I just want to, before we before we kick off this topic, right, I mm-hmm. just want to say I might take a Xanax. Um, uh, <laughs> re- researching and getting into this headspace and finding out oh. what the crew has. So I'm a person who would, I wouldn't go on a cruise for three days. You could not pay me. Yeah. This is a floating jail. Um, I have super duper control issues where I need to be able to like get off the thing if I need to get away and like to just be constantly surrounded by people in the middle of the sea. Like I'm telling you, I'm having trouble talking about this, but we'll get through it. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things
2: that I found really weird on the cruise ships, and maybe this is unique to me because I'm kind of a weird sci-fi nerd, maybe not, but it felt very much like once the ship departed... Everything outside of the perimeter of the ship was like instant death. (laughs) If you (laughs) fell off that ship, you were dead. You were fucking dead. And they would train you and they'd be like, if somebody falls off the ship, don't go for help. Keep an eye on them because they'll get lost in the waves in like 30 seconds. And you're like, wait, uh, excuse me? And
0: you Well, no, but I was reading too that the protocol is you don't go in after anybody. It just is what it is. Cause, yeah, it's just much. like it's it's between them and the sea now.
1: You know, obviously we're here to talk about what it's like to work right on one of these ships, specifically yeah. in the it, being in the food and beverage industry. but I mean everything's kind of everybody has multiple jobs. so I think everybody kind of does everything.
2: Um, the, yeah, every ship is different. There was definitely We were performers So we right, had so like you had it easier Yeah and at Second City Because we were contracted performers We didn't work for the cruise line We worked for Second right. City And got paid out of Chicago We had it right. even easier so, so
1: your privileges were better Right So let's, let's like Let's get into it Let's okay. like get rolling sure. Brooke Buckle up <laughs> Put on a life preserver Put on a flotation device Let's fucking dive in You know so that's the thing Is it a dream job or is it a hurricane of terror? And just off the top of my head, I mean, here's all the different businesses that we've done specific episodes on, on this floating ship. Fine dining, casual dining, fast food, bars everywhere, coffee shops, Mm -hmm. buffets, casinos, Mm -hmm. spas. Like, it's a city. It's a whole city. And everybody relies on tips. So uh, you have all the servers, all the bartenders, your, your stewards that attend to just your cabin and everybody relies on tipping, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously they're underpaid. Um, just like every other service industry job. So tipping specifically, um, you can tack on the gratuity when you get your bundle, or you can opt out of that and just assume you're going to tip somebody, you know, at the end, tip all your people, but some people don't. So let's start with that, huh?
2: I feel like by the end of this conversation, we're just going to see the top of Brooke's head in the Zoom call. <laughs> yeah,
0: Brooke.
2: She's gonna- Brooke is slowly
0: slinking <laughs> into her bed right now. <laughs> oh, I have to lay down for this episode. Well, to, a,
2: Andrea, to answer your original question of it's either a dream job or a nightmare job, it depends on how bad the thing at home you're running from is. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. I listen, it, okay. It there is, there are people there who don't make tips, and, right? And you, and I think the assumption that everybody makes, especially when you're working on the ship and you go on the ship, is like most of the people who are in the service industry, especially, but you see working on the ship, are from other countries. Yes, you're, right. You're, you're assuming that they're making low wages because they, it's good wages to them. That is not true Um, Right And and most of the time They are sending the money home
1: Yeah Oh no I would assume that this is all totally true Yeah um, There's there's There are deep Reddit threads On working on a cruise ship I suggest And encourage Everybody Go on to Reddit um, But a few things You know Especially dealing With the type of people This Reddit thread said You deal with three Newlyweds Overfeds And soon to be deads <laughs> So tipping policies Vary from line to line um, But currently Generally speaking Mainstream US based cruise lines Automatically add gratuities About 14 to 15 dollars Per day per person onto your bill And then these tips are divided Amongst amongst dining staff Waiters assistant waiters head waiters Uh And housekeeping so You know again like I said you can opt Out of this um, or They will but the people fucking know Like the people that do these jobs know if you've already tacked it on or they know if, if you're not tipping them every single day you're not going to you're going to get subpar service you
2: know um, in terms of like the service industry and staff and you know who knows I mean this could be offensive to some people I, I don't think it is uh, but what do I know um, on the ship there was a term <laughs> that was used uh, to describe the people who really ran the ship the people who like cleaned up everything and dealt with the serving staff And on our ship and on the cruise line that we were on, they were called the Filipino Mafia. They ran the whole thing. (laughs) And you were in the Filipino Mafia, in with them, or you were out with them and you knew it. Because your toilet wouldn't get services if it got clogged. Your room wouldn't get cleaned. Your service would be terrible. Like, they knew If you were an entertainer or a crew member that, like, caused shit or made things bad for them, like, there were repercussions to that because you were a crew. Sometimes your orders would get screwed up. I'll tell this story. Um, There was a guy who was on the ships that we knew, and uh, I'm being very cautious. (laughs)
0: Okay. And
2: um, he was sick and called room service from crew quarters because we were staying in captain cabins on the on the on the lower decks and and called and uh made a room service order and it took a little while to get there because it was dinner time and we were a low priority and called and complained and lost his shit just completely lost his mind on them and screamed at them and it came back through back channels that you know, we were assholes. Oh, because everybody be knows everything. Anyway, we were all in the uh, mess, the crew mess, like playing board games, and uh, we got hit by a large wave. I don't know if it was a tsunami or not, but the ship like listed dramatically, and I was like, "I'm dead." Meanwhile, this guy, uh, because he had complained. Uh, had a clogged toilet in his room for about a week Uh. and his TV wasn't (laughs) bolted down to the desk and he was trying to get that fixed and they just weren't doing it. So when the ship listed all of that bile just came out of the toilet and spilled over and into his room and this is what happens because GI is such a problem on the ship like the ship's a petri dish like right so like you just have to like right be careful with it. This is what happened. They have to quarantine his room. And they bring in people. Because of all the poopy? Yeah. And it's like, it. it's as if, it's as <laughs> if, it's like the scene in E.T. where they just like <laughs> balloon the house and like everybody's in fucking hazmat suits walking in and out.
1: That's his room
2: <laughs> for six hours.
0: Oh my God.
2: But the look on Brooke, his face. give us, face. show us
1: your hand to let us know you're still alive. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Shit! So just getting back to the ranking system, you know, so cruise ship workers are subject to a strict hierarchy and that determines their pay, living conditions, and yeah. contracts. Yep. So at the top of the hierarchy, you have the officers, the managers, who's, you know, they're responsible for the navigation. In the middle are the staff members, which include workers and entertainment, that's you, Dunbar. Retail and guest services. And at the bottom are crew members who are generally responsible for serving guests. So this is servers, bartenders, and cleaning staff, right? Yeah. So crew and lower paid staff members have described, and this is from Business Insider, more difficult working and living conditions than officers who are obviously up higher. Yes. Um, And a lot of these crew members who are on the lower, they report, they get like $2,000 a month or less, right? is Gosh. what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah This is like yeah. 39 former cruise ship workers told Business and, Insider Their their the earnings working, were this.
2: They're working 10-12 hour days.
1: Oh, like 12 to like 17 hours 7 Sometimes. days a week for like yep. 6 months straight.
2: Listen, I I figured out pretty early how to grease the wheels and to show my appreciation, always tipped my yeah. room steward, always got them stuff what I got off the ship. Partly awesome. because partly because it, it was goodwill to show my appreciation for how much work they were doing, and that's genuine. The other part of it though is they can't get off the ship. And it was just like those little gestures of showing that like they are human beings because they're the jobs that they do dehumanize them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And right. oh, this is also saying, um, you know, cruise ship workers who are making the most money, more like $10,000 a month, tend to be from the U.S. or Canada, yep. you know? So it's it, it's rankings within rankings at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and cruise ship employers are very particular about who they place in what jobs and where they're from. It yeah. seems like it's a diverse melting pot of workers, but it's strategically done and it's biased unto itself. So oh, let's just remember that.
0: Yeah, no, it... it plays into everything we talked about last week too where um, total inequity once again where you know probably like white male and female American particularly even though they make up the lowest percentage of cruise ship um, workers they make the most money
2: well I'll tell you here's the dividing lines and this is speaking broadly because there were always some people who were able to navigate it but Mm -hmm. if English is your second language and uh, you're not good, you're awkward with sort of the social climbing aspect of it, it's not a meritocracy, right? Right. Uh, So my experience was always like, and these are very broad strokes, but the engine room guys would uh, run the gamut of being like Caribbean or uh, Filipino or Eastern European or South African. Then you would have... um, all of the like daycare people, the people that worked at like the children's center, most of them were Canadian. And then you would have um, all the jewelry salespeople, like the people who worked in the main lobby who would sell jur- right. jewelry and perfume, and all those people Eastern European,
1: off duty shit. Mm-hmm. 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 The crew
2: staff was always a mix of like Filipinos and Eastern European. That that was always seemed to be a mix. Those are the people who are like. Involved in engaging the crew and doing activities, it would always vary. It would depend on ship to ship.
1: Which, like, why do you guys think? I mean, why would someone want to work on work on a cruise ship? You know, like, and I think that's what we're getting into. And I think what Dunbar said, it depends on what you're running from. But I think <laughs> a lot of it has to do with yes, you can send money home. Uh, you, but I think. And from a lot of stuff that I've read, and then we're we're gonna get into like the the sexy, dirty dancing part of the ship oh, in a sure. minute. A lot of these, they're kids. They're a lot of these employees are young. You know, they're mm-hmm. like eighteen to twenty seven. Not and all of them. It's an experience.
2: Some of them are, of them are lifers. There's some of them on sure, the ship that sure. are fucking lifers. Like I'm not talking about officers. I'm talking about people that work in the engine room
0: uh, That's crazy Yeah because for me like I can't fathom Any reason you know why You would do this for a living willingly But I, I would guess too Just depending <laughs> on you know The way you live your life or how many Months at sea you want to be like The money can be good because what do you actually have to Pay for you don't need to do a car payment mm-hmm. you, don't you don't have need to pay to for your room and board Rent mm-hmm. let you know you're being Fed Um, the whole thing I mean you know it does to me 100% sound like A floating prison Um Of servitude oh, yeah. But Sure Not to mention That
1: the actual Crew quarters Are physically Underwater Like they're in The bowels of the ship There yeah. are no windows You're the like lower, It's the, just like listen. In Titanic You're the You're the first To go down there You know God forbid There's a leak yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah Well here's the deal The lower you go In decks The more tight The quarters get And the less sunlight and yeah. if you 5 6 and 5 is like typically where the, the crew quarters start and then if you're an officer you're going to have a porthole and then as you go down you're going to be rooming bunking and sometimes 4 6 to a room um yeah and, and then it,
1: everybody has their little curtains around mm-hmm. and then they're all just boning everybody's just boning behind their curtains at night you know because I, everybody he, fucks each other
2: I think there's a little bit of that. I think some ships are a little more than others. That was my experience is like, especially the smaller ships for some reason seem to be a little more, Incestuous and promiscuous Than the other ships But maybe that was because There was only- I am
1: searching for And I carried a watermelon Situation in this Like even I even remember going on the cruise When I was 23 And like there was an, a Hot Brazilian bartender And he was like Yeah we should totally hang out When I get off my shift And I was like Totally and now looking back, I was like, he kept feeding me free shots of Jameson, like to ensure that well, I wouldn't I would be asleep by the time he got off, which is I'm sure a trick of the trade. But well, I, the whole time I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go down into that ship and see how things run. You know, that's <laughs> which I'm sure you'd get in trouble
0: for. That's Let's, I'm gonna yeah, get in He would get fired.
2: He would get immediately fired.
1: For
0: right. That. That's what I saw. Is is like all the comments that I was researching and looking at from um, former cruise employees. Is that it's like, oh yeah, 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 totally fine. Bang the shit out of each other as long as we all have the same yep. job and work for the cruise line. Great. Fucking yep. a guest. Prohibited. It means kicked off the ship the next day. Let's party. So let's talk about, like, you know,
1: we all talk talk about restaurants all the time, like incestuous things happening just with with the people you work with that you get to leave and go home to your own apartment at the end of the day. Yeah. Imagine being amongst a waitstaff and a crew where you bunk together. You know, it's like you had a shitty ship and all you want to do is decompress. You're all just together all the time. It's like a summer camp that is um, that dysentery breaks out on. Dunbar, have you been on a <laughs> ship that where sickness has broken out?
2: Um I've been on a ship where people died.
0: Yeah. That happened a couple because there's, t- there's a morgue. There's morgue. There's morts. a morgue on cruise ships as well as a jail, even though I just think a cruise ship is a jail. But if someone's <laughs> really rowdy, there's actually a jail cell probably down there next to the cruise ship morgue.
1: These well, are fun facts. And just
0: like, it, it, fun facts that I keep learning.
2: Okay, so two two stories. One one ship I was on, a woman died in the sauna, and another Ooh. woman was in the sauna with her for like a half hour before she realized she was dead.
1: Oh no! Oh no! On vacation, they were on vacation. Um, oh man you're like, she must, like she she really she looks so relaxed she must really deserve this cruise yeah and to give you an idea of like the food and how it is
2: literally like you're breathing the same air you're touching the same shit they make you like yeah. they say washi-washy. Washy to make sure you like washing your hands and they have hand sanitizer fucking everywhere.
1: This Reddit thread, I just want to read really quick cuz it's yeah. so good. So this says sickness on a ship spreads like wildfire. Uh, there was a time where there was an outbreak of passengers and the crew to what they you know they'd call it a cold a code brown is what she's saying. Yes. Or G.I. Norwalk virus yes. Basically it's a stomach flu right um, So they had to go to silver service Which means they had to saran wrap the buffet And had to serve the passengers from buffet lines And they also had these bubble sanitizers They made each person use before they entered the area So you know washi washy. There was a man that got so mad That he stuck his hand Through the saran wrap And grabbed the food with his hands Oh yeah <laughs> In the restaurants we had to serve everyone with gloves And everyone had to use plastic silverware For two weeks Like I mean Can you imagine If this just happened You're on a 14 day cruise The poopy virus Breaks out Right when you get on it And then for two weeks You just have to deal with this
2: If only our country Took it as seriously As the cruise ship industry Takes diarrhea We'd be in much better shape We really would Things transfer So quickly So quickly On the ships It is like If somebody's sick It ping pongs across the ship and you were forced into lockdown. And then people yes. will lie about it because they don't want to be locked in their room for two weeks.
0: Um, and it, it, it's dirty passengers. People don't wash their hands mm-hmm. after they go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this over no. and over again. Men yeah, and are I'm some sure of the pe- biggest people offenders. People are wiping their ass and they're getting in these
1: pools and it's just, it's everywhere.
2: Yeah. And they're getting there. Just- I, okay, a passenger got kicked off one of the ships I was on Okay, there was a phantom – there was – in the pool deck, There yep. showers. And someone, for about a few days, the rumors were someone shitting in the showers on the pool <laughs> deck and leaving them there. And And you – I mean, I swear to God, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. The people get on the ship and their idea – one – everybody is another race than you are for the most part or English is a second language. So I think subconsciously talking about the age of privilege, people just take people down a couple of notches in terms of their humanity already. Yeah. You get on the ship and this person, like somebody was phantom shitting in the showers on the pool deck and they finally caught the guy and like immediately kicked him off. Um, But one time I did a cruise ship that ported out of Louisiana and that was like party fucking city. And I saw a girl, a girl like a college aged girl squat and take a poop in the hallway of the cruise ship, like in the middle of the goddamn hallway at like 3 a.m.
0: There's no rules. I was going to say we discussed talking about this as a topic and then like BuzzFeed within minutes posted an article about animalistic behavior on cruise ships and i mean oh it's just God. so it's just like you are you are literally in uncharted waters where there are no laws like american law doesn't apply anymore mm-hmm. like you can do this that's the time to murder somebody you know i don't know if there well, are that ship happens. Laws, but
2: yeah, Ugh. people get murdered. Well,
0: well, I, and I think if you're a listener or
1: someone who is in the service industry or or looking to get a job like this, and you say, "Wow, what a great for me to way for me to see the world," yeah, a lot of people do say that. They say I did contract after contract, and I got to see like pretty much every con- continent except for Antarctica. But the bullshit I had to put up with in the meantime, you know, which outweighs which, like the fact that you had to like quarantine in a in a shit box for 2 weeks to be able to dog sled in Alaska basically for free which which is heavier for you you know what i mean what better memory are you going to have here's my thing and i uh it's like imagine i'm a newbie and i am going to get a tour by dunbar and dunbar shows me the ropes i just foresee it as like the mean girls cafeteria like here's this table that who's these people and all the different cliques involved and i'm sure it's there's no, a little no.
2: bit of there's a there's definitely it's like it's high school to high school right every ship has its own thing and it's perpetuated from the people that were there before right and it goes totally. through cycles uh, sometimes you're on a party ship and it's super fun sometimes you're on a ship that's really quiet i think that like the one thing is is if you want to work if you want to have somebody pay you to travel but no, there's not a lot of upward mobility, and you're and you're probably not going to leave with a ton of cash in your hand. Although, if you're really smart and you save your money, you can. Um, it may be worth it to do it, and I think that's the reason why a lot of people do it. You are not that protected when you're there. If you have a heart attack, you're toast. If you fall <laughs> off that ship, you're dead. If you go zip lining and fall and break your leg, they're going to leave you there. If you get <laughs> caught smoking pot, if you get caught smoking pot on the cruise ship or having any drug paraphernalia, they will dump you at the next port and have you arrested by the local authorities. Like you, you are not you are not protected. In in the way don't that,
1: mess up. Yeah. yeah, you're you're in prison, but there's still you can't mess up in this prison, or you'll really get sent to a real prison, someplace else. Is basically what you're saying.
2: Yes, <laughs> and like that that has happened, but also like know that like I always just got the sense, and this is maybe unfair, and there were definitely people that loved cruise ship life and like made a life out of it, which I just couldn't do. I, I just don't understand how you can be away from your friends and family that much. Um, but uh the most of the people there it felt like it was like a smash and grab. Okay, I'm take I'm accepting the risk. I am getting as much out of this as I possibly can. And some of the jobs are really great. You get to leave the ship, you get to go to the beach. But if you're working below decks, below below decks, like in the lower lower decks, you're not. And and totally. And and I think even look, if cruise ships are your thing and you want to go on a cruise ship and you love cruise ships, and I'm certain there are people out there that really do uh, be super mindful and respectful of the people that are working there because they they I guarantee you they are working harder than you've ever worked in your life.
1: I think that's I think that's sound advice. And I think I think I think that's a good place to wrap it because Ooh. holy I think we could just keep going and then Brooke would be uh inverted into her mattress eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and not but I mean, you know, like Dunbar said you guys this is um fuck, there's a lot to unpack at a cruise ship. So I mean if you guys are still into it, go to Summer Camp be a server. Good luck to
0: you But
1: other than that, I hope I feel like we learned
0: a lot today, Brooke. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Uh, And also, always the takeaways are anytime you listen to this podcast, uh, you as servers, we don't have to remind you. But for some of you who listen, who don't work in the service industry, tip, 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 tip. If you're ever on a cruise again sometime in the near future, especially in this new world of covid. Oh my oh, god yes. You know yeah. Just keep Keep that tip coming. Keep it flowing Help Tip these that shit Tip that 20, ship. Yeah. 20%, yeah 20% Don't be a dick
2: 25% 30% you tip.
1: 40% <laughs> Just like piles of just, just bring a stack Of $100 bills And start fucking Passing them out Like it's your last day On earth I mean that's what I think You know Cause on a cruise ship It just might be Your last day on earth I think is what we're getting think that's the point Oh man, uh, thanks for talking to us today Dunbar <laughs> I'm sure you have a million stories we didn't hear But maybe we'll have you back again And uh, we'll brace Brooke Brooke will have to prep herself before we do this again But yes. I have to, I'll have to take a
0: Dramamine <laughs> To fucking do this topic again
1: <laughs> You'll have to wear one of those C-bands on your wrist <laughs> Alright, well you guys uh, Thank you so much for listening to Sidework Podcast again If you haven't already, please like subscribe leave us a glowing review Uh, check out all the other shows on last podcast network they're so amazing Uh, and Brooke you know what we say uh, at the end of every episode right yeah that's right Godspeed and good ship just kidding we say (laughs) Godspeed and good tips but God also good ship and also good shits on ships and then tips oh boy this is a lot you you guys Make sure that you shit in the toilet.